Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is episode 45 of More Than a Word. I'm joined this week by guest Lena Papadopoulos. Lena, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. We're going to be talking about the word identity, Lena, which is something that you have told me is a word that you think a lot about and you really just kind of wanted to have a great conversation around. And I was super excited to hear that. And and before we jump into that talk, I do first want to kind of give everyone a little bit better idea of who you are and what you do. So could you take a couple minutes to just tell us about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. So I, um, I grew up in the United States. Uh, both of my parents were immigrants from Greece, and I kind of, I sort of grew up back and forth most of the time in the U.S., but quite a bit of time in Greece, too. Um, and this is kind of really where, I don't know, identity started to play a big role in my life. And fast forward several years, I got really involved in um, intercultural education, and I've been working in intercultural education in some shape or form for uh, close to 12 years now. And because I am in this field, identity is something that comes up a lot in my work as well. So I think it's just something that I've been thinking about so much lately because I'm starting to realize what a profound like impact and effect it has on us, both as individuals and as a collective. So that is why I wanted to talk to you about it. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. I love when people... You know, I love it when people reach out and have a, and have a really individualized word in mind because it makes the conversation exciting. Um, because I, especially words like identity that I love to talk about so much. So I'm really really grateful that you were so passionate and are so passionate about this word. So without any more, let's just hear for, in your own words what does identity mean to you? Um. Yeah. So I think that um, identity has has really played a central role in my life because I feel like I do have some, I don't know, some on and off struggles with my mental health. And it's interesting that so much of that is tied to my own identity or the way that I perceive identity. Um, and as I told you, it comes up a lot in my work because obviously other people define themselves a lot by their identity and I think that's what identity is it's how we define ourselves and our values and our role in the world um, and so I think we have three sort of categories of identity personal, social, and cultural um, with personal identity identities being more more about characteristics and traits that we hold so whether we perceive ourselves to be shy or curious or adventurous or generous um our social identities are sort of the roles that we play the roles that we have in our lives so whether that is a brother a sister a mother a grandfather um and then we have our cultural identities, and these are the groups that we belong to. So the nationality we identify with, or the ethnicity, or the religion. Um, and I think that because we find our 
sense of belonging through identities and because our identities are how we create belonging they're also where we derive our worth and our self-worth and so I think we become very attached to identity because of that because it is like this thing that makes us feel like a part of something um and yeah I think that this attachment to who we believe we are or who we believe we're supposed to be can can have a really significant impact on us as individuals and as a collective, like I mentioned before. And I think this happens in several different possible ways. Um, One, I think that we might sometimes have difficulty accepting change or transition in the way that we identify because because identity tends to become something static almost. Like we kind of put ourselves in a box based on the ways that we identify. And this is like when people talk about, oh, I have an identity crisis or I feel lost because I don't know who I am anymore, um, which is actually the ways when I talked about having my own struggles with mental health around identity it was because of this because of this questioning of who I am or feeling lost in some way um and then I think that these static definitions of identity that don't allow for nuance or complexity that is inherent in intersectionality also creates problems for us right because we have multiple identities and sometimes they don't really align so well with with one another so maybe one of our identities tells us that we can't be something that is a part of another one of our identities and I think this can create a lot of tension and friction for people and leads them to question sort of who am I because because they are trying to fit into these boxes that sometimes don't necessarily fit together um and I think the more attached we become to how we define ourselves, the more we try to mold and shape who we are to fit into this quote-unquote acceptable version of our identity, um, which in turn, I think, leads us to lose parts of ourselves because we are denying who we are in order to be accepted by other people. And this is kind of where I think it shifts from the individual impact to the collective impact because when we begin to define our identities in this way, we start to define who we are in opposition to other people. So our identity is defined in opposition to another identity. And this can become an us versus them kind of thing. So it's Christians versus Muslims or Democrats versus Republicans or Americans versus Mexicans. It becomes this this sort of right like I'm like I said before this box that we put ourselves in and then we have to figure out who am I but who am I in relation to something else or someone else um and because we're doing this and we start to develop these singular stories about the identities of ourselves and others we start to label people or groups and I think this is 
the birthplace of stereotypes and prejudice and which leads to bias which leads to discrimination and and this is also where people feel this need to sort of prove themselves in a way especially because we're talking about something that gives us a sense of belonging and worth we have to prove that we belong and we have to prove that we're worthy of this identity and this group that we want to be a part of and so I think a lot of that is about an attachment to ego and this division that is created outside of us as a collective is really a reflection of the division that is within us the division that we create within us through this attempt to to fit into something so that right what's going on inside is reflected in what's going on outside no i honestly totally agree especially with that last sentiment there i think that this whole conversation really comes down to the balance of internal and external which you touched on various times when you were speaking there i'm curious because i always and like i said i agree but i always think to myself and i always when i'm having conversations with people around this type of word or this type of subject you know we talk about knowing yourself based on your internal values all these you know great things about us as individuals but i often am curious and i want to hear your response and your thoughts on this in a world that is you know in the present day so social and so interactive in so many ways but even just as a race not even this time period as a human race we're we're a collaborative um beast as a whole throughout time you know even from the time we're born we need others to accomplish basic tasks to accomplish survival in in a in a reality such as this with all those things being true how in your opinion is do you believe is the best way to kind of get to know yourself based on the most raw kind of sense of self-truth that's not based on or built on top of other people's social expectations or creations, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, yeah, so while I am working in something called quote-unquote intercultural education, I think that I'm doing actually something much more through my work which aligns really well with kind of what you're talking about so I see intercultural learning as a catalyst for this kind of self-discovery because I think the more that we engage with difference the more that we become aware of how we have been conditioned because so much of who we believe ourselves to be has really been shaped by the culture that we grew up in in ways that are really hidden from us. So everything from our identities to our values to the stories that we tell about ourselves, like they've all been shaped so much by culture and by these expectations. And sometimes what we even think of as intuition is actually shaped by culture so we can't necessarily even rely on our intuition when we're engaging with cultural difference because our brains have been wired a certain way that and somebody else's brain may be wired in a different way because of their cultural environment and so 
that's why I like to use intercultural learning as a tool to sort of become more aware of that and to strip away those layers. And like when I talked about this idea, a sort of identity crisis and feeling how people feel lost when they're starting to question who they are, I actually think that that's an opportunity to say, wait, like it's not actually that I don't know who I am, but maybe this period of questioning is creating space for me to see what's really under there because we're stripping back the layers of who we've been told to be or who we have tried to become because of this conditioning. Um, So yeah, like I think that we have to find opportunities to really connect with who we were before we became who we were taught to be. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting, interesting piece there at the end. And and I think all that is great in an interesting direction to take this. And, and I'm, I'm pondering on the back of what you just said, because I find it interesting also that in a lot of these conversations right you talk about your cultural environment and you know where you're brought up who you're around obviously is a large determinant but then i also think about if that is true then who's who's at fault really for you know someone maybe not being in control or or feeling in tune with who they are and and i know that what we're speaking about here is obviously important we both feel that way but i often find that one of the things i'm trying to be better at is accessing and and getting to people who aren't the ones who seek out these conversations about identity Right. right so we a large portion of this audience even on my show or people that you're dealing with they might be seeking out a farther conversation about identity because they're curious about themselves or the conversation at large. But I'm curious, what kind of things do you try to do to access people that maybe aren't hearing these type of things or aren't interested in seeking them out on their own? And how do we engage them in this conversation and help them help themselves essentially in whatever way fits best for them? Mm-hmm. Um, so. For me, I always, especially people who are sort of closed off to this kind of thing or the concept of intercultural learning, I really try to connect with their their own personal lived experience and connect with their pain points because so much of the pain we experience in life or the trauma that we've experienced and the ways that we hold on to that and project that um, into the world and into our relationships with other people. Like, I really think that all of that stuff is rooted in identity and the attachment that we have to ego. And so I try to connect with people's experiences and the things that they struggle with and maybe not even necessarily talk about these kinds of things directly um and by these kinds of things i mean like knowing yourself or exploring your identity but finding ways to do that with them through acknowledging and like recognizing what they've been through and how that has impacted them Mm, yeah no i think that's 
definitely on point and I'm and I agree I think I've been focusing a lot on like I said kind of empathy but a different kind of strain than we often think about more about which is what you were saying in a different way meeting people where they're at and mm-hmm. trying to bring them to a place that they want to be or whatever that may look like in a given situation I want to transition a little bit but not really transition into a conversation about something that's becoming more talked about now in the last couple years but it's something that i really would say catalyzed my whole thinking around this particular word and concept of identity and and more so who i am and all these things and that's the difference between being and doing um for me just i'll make the story short here but essentially for me a few years back i had a i had fractured my back and i was an athlete at the time very very uh involved athlete and during that injury period where I wasn't allowed to do anything except lay down, walk, you know, sit, the basics. Um, I was in my head a lot, obviously. And at the time, soccer was kind of my everything or so I thought. And uh, when I was in kind of the rehab period from that injury, I started to realize that soccer wasn't who a soccer player was not who I was. It was rather what I did because at any moment it could be taken from me but I was still on earth. Like I didn't disappear with that injury. Therefore I was not a soccer player in an identity sense. So then that provoked me to think about, well, what are the parts of me that I see when I play soccer that I utilize when I play soccer that I can, you know, derive from that life moment or situation. And that also are transitional in other moments and situations. I'm curious if you have done any writing, thinking work, any of that type of stuff around being and doing, or mostly just what are your thoughts kind of on that dichotomy of sorts and how those two things interact within us as individuals? Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, I think maybe two sort of different points, because when you first started speaking about being versus doing, I was thinking a lot about how much we do and try to sort of fill our time and distract ourselves and how that takes away from our ability to be and to be present with ourselves and to reflect and bring ourselves to a place of awareness because we're constantly doing rather than being. So that's kind of like the first thought that I had. But then also it is interesting that you that you kind of turned it in that way around like the things that we do versus who we are. And um, yeah, I mean, that's actually, I would say one of the times when I had a pretty um, extensive and deep period of depression was because of something I had done and how I felt like that thing didn't align with my values in to a point where I was questioning who I was so much that I just kind of ripped myself to pieces because I was I was punishing myself for this thing that I did and I had to come to an understanding that I'm I'm not defined by the things I do like because I did something that I perceive as quote unquote bad doesn't make me a bad person and so Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree that I think we do kind of confuse the two. um, That, right, that the things we do are not necessarily who we are. They are just 
a part of us. And that's what I was talking about before with how we tend to define ourselves by these identities because a lot of times, exactly, you're right, like being a soccer player, I mean, that's something that you do. It's not who you are. It's just a part of you. And to define yourself by that is to erase all the other parts of you. And like you said, right, you realize that there are these different parts of you that exist in other things, not just in soccer. Um, So I think we have to see identity as something that ebbs and flows and is fluid and dynamic and allows for change because that's where we get stuck is when we view identity as a definition. Well, I love that. That's a fabulous place to finish up. And, and I really appreciate your time and, and the value and especially you getting vulnerable kind of about some personal stories and tying in your experience to this really important conversation. Done a lot of episodes around words like authenticity, difference, all these things, but they're all really rooted in the conversation of identity. So I'm very glad to be able to share this conversation with you and, and to have you on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for sharing part of your story, too. Absolutely. Do you have a uh, social media or anything that you would like people, if they wanted to learn more, interact with you farther, where you'd like them to check you out at? Um, Sure. So everything, my website, my Instagram, my Facebook is all, like, all uses my name, Lena Papadopoulos. So... Um, as long as you provide the spelling, <laughs> I will. We'll link it under the. We'll link it all under the episode and everything for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. I really appreciate the time. <laughs>